The Mets have entered the tank. Tank mode. 0-6 in August. Six-game losing streak since the trade deadline. Swept by the Royals. Swept by the Orioles. And a team that looks absolutely lifeless. So to talk about the tank, we bring on the tank. Frank the Tank from Barstool Sports. You know him from his ranting and raving. And this Mets team is toast. And it's going to be a long two months ahead. So Frank the Tank will join us to talk about the state of the Mets and the future of the franchise. It's all coming up next on Amazing But True from the New York Post. Before history is written, it's played. Before it's frozen in time, it's fought one shift at a time. Before it's etched in silver, it's carved in ice. What happens next will last forever. The Stanley Cup Final on ABC and ESPN Plus begins Saturday. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. Queens, New Mets take the field. So amazing. Amazing but true. Orange and blue. So amazing. Here's the pitch. New York folks, it's out of here. We got you. Welcome back to Amazing But True. It's our New York Mets podcast from the New York Post. I'm your host, Jake Brown. Follow me on Twitter at Jake Brown Radio and follow the podcast at Amazing But True. Subscribe wherever you get podcasts and watch us on the New York Post Sports YouTube page. If you're watching there, give us a thumbs up below. Comment below. How do you feel? about this team it's tank mode for the new york mets so in honor of tank mode in a couple of minutes we'll be joined by barstool sports frank the tank some people love frank some people hate him there's the people that don't like his negativity and then there's the people saying frank was right and it's hard to deny that frank was right and now this looks like a triple a or four a bunch six straight losses since the trade deadline one to the abysmal royals as they got them going. And there's all sorts of records from either guys facing the Mets, players, teams, all are breaking like all-time records this week against the Mets where the Royals, the first team with like under 35 wins to go on that long of a win streak this late in the season. Uh, James McCann over the weekend setting records for his three for three, five RBI game with a stolen base. That is called revenge. And it was so sweet for the former Met who had 18 RBIs all of last year. He had 10 going into the game on Friday this year, and he had five in one night against this lousy New York Mets team that is now 40 and 51, 11 games under 500 with 51 to go. And everyone else in the wild card has been so bad that the Mets only lost since Tuesday, a game and a half in the standings. They are only seven and a half out. The sad thing about the punt, the sad thing about the tank is that all these other teams are losing. And if you were to put a competitive team together, maybe this doesn't happen. But it looks like this team is checked out. Buck Showalter called out non-competitive at-bats. And now we're looking at it on August 7th 
with 51 to go, the Mets are just a game and a half up on the last place Nationals. They are on the edge of not glory, not the edge of 17, the edge of fifth place. And that is embarrassing. And listen, the future is bright. Clifford Homer is in his first game in Brooklyn. Acuna's hitting, flashing the leather. All the young guys are doing great. To the point that on SNY and all the clips, we're seeing a lot more minor league highlights than we're seeing major league highlights. You're hearing a lot more of the minor league broadcast crew than you're hearing Gary, Keith, and Ron or Steve Gills filling. We're hearing a lot of these guys that you know we might not see for a year, two years, three years and beyond. And the future does look bright with those prospects. But right now, this is an impossible team to watch. And for two months, what the front office and ownership has given this fan base is the laughing stock of Major League Baseball. I mean, Sunday's lineup. I mean, are you kidding me? After McNeil, Lindor, Alonzo, Nimmo gets another day off. Nimmo, I, I know, has a quad injury, and I think this, the state of the team, the status of the team, is having them take it very easy with him and Starling Marte after Marte also came back on Friday. After one through three, let me go through the lineup. DJ Stewart hitting cleanup, 212 this season, 213 on his career. Omar Narvaez hitting fifth, 193 this season. Mark Vientos hitting six. 214 this season. Brett Beatty hitting 7, 216 this season. He's 049 in his last seven games. Danny freaking Mendick hitting 8, 172 in the season, 245 his career. Rafael Ortega hitting 9, 133 this season, 249 in his career. This is what we are left with. We are left with a team with a lot of guys you might not know. And we're going to have to wait at least two more weeks for Ronnie Mauricio, although they could just wait till September for the call-up. But this is a product with a 10-game homestand ahead against the Cubs, who are now the third wildcard team at just four games over 500, four against the Braves, three against the Pirates, where it's hard to even give away Met tickets right now to watch these bumps. This team is just awful. It's the first six or more game winless road trips since 2017. Bucks calling at, at bats. Luke Voigt is now gone as he opted out of his Mets deal. Would have loved to see him over Vogelback, who somehow is still on this roster. I mean, it is mind blowing that he's here. 14 homers in 37 games for Luke Voigt. He and you can't blame him. He opted out. He's going to maybe go to the Yankees or somewhere else, but would have liked to at least see some Voigt at bats. Maybe he's provided some pop. But right now, it's about develop, developing the kids, and they're not developed. Vientos has looked bad. Beatty's looked bad. Alvarez is really the one that's looked great, but, man, you're starting to worry about Brett Beatty, both in the field and at the plate. Looks absolutely lost out there. So the state of the Mets is not good as a 10-game homestand ahead, 11 games under. Let's see if they can win a game right now. This looks like June, 0-6 in August. The Mets are in tank mode, and we're in tank mode. Unamazing but true. And Frank the Tank joins us next. This team is... Toast. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. 
Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Ryan Reynolds here from Mint Mobile. With the price of just about everything going up during inflation, we thought we'd bring our prices down. So to help us, we brought in a reverse auctioneer, which is apparently a thing. Mint Mobile Unlimited Premium Wireless. Ready to get 30, 30, ready to get 30, ready to get 20, 20, 20, ready to get 20, 20, ready to get 15, 15, 15, 15, just 15 bucks a month. So give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. All right, you heard from me in the open. As I said, it is a tank edition of the show. So now we are joined by Frank the Tank at NJTank99 on Twitter, Barstool Sports, Frank the Tank Podcast. And find Frank on Cameo. It is fantasy football season. So Frank could uh, get the order, your draft order, and look ahead to football. His, his Miami Dolphins are, are bound to finish below my New York Jets, but uh, we'll save that for another day. Frank, I said good morning to you, and you said there's nothing good about it. But I will say good morning. Yeah, well, there's nothing good about it. <laughs> The this this team, the state of the team, you know, the six game losing streak. We're seeing guys other than Mauricio and everyone else and their mother, and not even Luke Voigt getting a chance. But the likes of Ortega, I do not understand any single thing they are doing. Yeah, I, well, I think Mauricio, the wait is the whole contract situation. August nineteenth is the date that uh, they get another year of control if they wait till then, but. What do you think of this lineup, this team? And, and, you know, you said it yesterday, unwatchable. Rafael Ortega is atrocious. Uh, what, are we, what are we doing? What the, how are we sort of, I don't trust this team. I don't trust this, I don't trust the prospects they got. I don't trust the, the minor league development. To me, it, to me, it, to me, everything that, uh, that Steve Cohen is, has been exposed. It, this is, this is worse than it's ever been when Wilcon was involved. If the Mets do move on, and we think they might from Billy Epler and Stearns takes over, new GM, is there any more confidence in you if Epler's out of this system for the future? I don't know. I don't know. Uh, who's going who's gonna to be running the minor league system? Who are you going to do? Why do Mets prospects come up on ready to play? Why is Brett Beatty look, look like he's about to just like implode? Why is Brett Beatty not only not hitting, but it's a train wreck in the field? Why is Mark, why is any time Mark Vandos puts on a, a baseball glove, you know, uh, he's like Michael Jackson. He has a glove for no apparent reason. He is a DH. He, uh, he, he will never find a big position. His footwork sucks at first base. He can't throw. He can't pick up a ground ball. Here's the bottom line. Last year, they should have went for it. The only prospect who should have been untouchable was Francisco Alvarez. Instead of landing Darren Roth, Daniel Vogelback, Tyler Nyquil, and uh, Michael Gibbons up the lead. They should have put a little bit more oomph and gotten some better, better pieces at the trade deadline last year. I mean, it, it's been then this offseason was okay. So you signed Dave Robinson. So you signed Justin Verlander, and Sango was a good addition. You know, Chris Bassett ate a lot of innings last year. Now I understand letting go of Taiwan Walker, but I mean David Peterson. He was always a pitcher that was it was kind of iffy. Now he's now he's total trash can. Tyler McGill started no hitter last year. Was a starter on opening day. Was good for the first month of the season. Now a lot of this has to go on Jeremy Hefner. I mean, how did all of our pitching regress? And 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 and, and, and I started started noticing started noticing started noticing something in spring training. This team did not look like it was ready to go. The World Baseball Classic was a huge distraction. We had. Pete Alonso and uh, J. 
Jeff McNeil both uh, riding on the bench throughout the world of uh, the spring training. And, and the thing that that struck me in spring training just, just just like hit me like a ton of bricks watching it. And I hated the I hate the World Baseball Classic. I hate the World Baseball Classic. Hate it. it. They had a World Baseball Classic in 2009. The Mets crashed. They had a World Baseball Classic in 2013. Well, the Mets were already down in flames, so they didn't even have to crash. 2017, World Baseball Classic, the Mets crashed. And what happened this year with the World Baseball Classic? Mets crashed. Yeah, it's a common theme. And Buck even keeps mentioning it. I mean, at, at some point, Buck said, you know, at least we got a fun WBC and and he's even frustrated with it. So you're not wrong there. And it seemed like a lot of guys cared a lot more about winning the WBC than well, they cared uh, about yeah, the yeah, No, you mean one guy. Well, one guy specifically. The guy with the Gucci gloves. Did you know that during the World Baseball Classic, they played with last year's rules? No pitch clock, no pitch timer. How do you run a World Baseball Classic, a tournament like this, in a year in which you're making radical changes? Maybe not so much, not that radical, but shouldn't these changes, shouldn't these changes, shouldn't these these rule adjustments, the players have an entire month to adjust to them? And how many times early in the season, pitch clock violation do the Mets have? How many times? I every, It looks like every other day the Mets are having like one or two pitch clock violations. And Max Scherzer, there's a man. There's a man who is, 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 is a total prick. If one thing goes wrong, he unravels. He's always angry. He's a terrible teammate. We knew that. We knew that. We knew that. We knew he had these eccentricities coming in. But the pitch clock thing, he always seemed angry about that. And then you had the sticky stuff violation. He got caught. They gave him an opportunity to wash it off. And he went back out there and he did it again. Look at the trajectory of the mess. They had that good West Coast trip in April. And uh, this included uh, winning, uh, winning that game that Herder uh, had the sticky stuff. They won the next two games, and then they threw David Peterson. Then they had it. Then they had to adjust the rotation. Max Scherzer getting that ten-game suspension was the moment the season began to fall apart. And then he's out there complaining about them trading Dave Robertson, making a stink, making noise. For, he forced a fire sale by coming out and telling everyone what uh, Billy Apple said. He up. He I mean, he did. And listen, that was interesting that he did leak that convo. And then Epler was forced to basically say to the media, I did say that. Did did you like that trade? I mean, you sound like you didn't like Scherzer. They get, you know, the other Acuna back. Was that one of these fire sale moves that you didn't hate at all? I don't hate that one. I hate getting over to Verlander. I think he could have been a big part next year. He was finally starting to pitch well. After the injury to start the season, there's nothing. The, uh, the Verlander was out for the first six weeks. It just was everything went against them. And, and, and you got Lindor with the uh, Lindor and McNeil with that car. Uh, I seriously wonder if if that if that plays a bigger role than what we what, what anyone might be thinking. Yeah, this locker room was not as tight knit as last year. That was very clear behind the scenes. Something is going on. I've been saying that on this show that it just doesn't seem right. That's a part of it. Um, it's just a group of guys that don't like each other. And then you got new guys coming in every day where it's like, who the hell is this guy? Now it's at the point where it's like, who's who's Ortega? Who's men? Uh, who are these guys? And there, there are moves they could have made, small moves. I know the Correa thing fell apart, and boy, that thing just dragged on forever. That didn't help. But you're telling, you're telling me that they made a conscious decision to go into spring training okay with a, D- a DH platoon of uh, Daniel Vogelback and uh, Darren Ruff. 
There were players out there. I mean, the Cubs took a flyer on Cody Bellinger. Why don't the Mets ever do that? Why don't the Mets ever do that? You know a player that struggled gets gets put out there and give him a one-year contract. The Mets never do that. Well, look how good he's been with the Cubs. He's not quite his MVP form, but he's gotten but he's a lot better than the Mets have. Starling Monte had that double hernia surgery, or whatever, the double uh, surgery. He wasn't right from day one. Split into third base and, and strained his neck early in the season against the Marlins, that first homestand. He went six weeks without getting an extra base hit after that. At some point early in the season, he should have been shut down. Now he's playing with the migraines. He's just gotten back, and he's still not look right. He don't look right. Shut him down. Yeah. I mean, he's he's been a great player all his career. Maybe the surgery off season. Maybe it's still the neck. He's he's a man of migraines. Shut him down. Don't let him play another game this year. You signed two years. You couldn't trade this guy because right now you the guy yeah, looks like uh looks like a. Uh, He's, he's, the engine's smoking, and he's off on the side of the road there. But shut him down. Maybe, just maybe, next year he bounces back. He's got two more years on a contract. You might as well, and it seems like the Mets are just dragging and waiting until this date on Mauricio because you figure Mauricio's going to play some left field, maybe some right, and get the outfield. But, I mean, the point of playing Marte, you're risking – for the damage, I agree, is not look like the same player. I know he's stolen some bases, but just his approach at the plate has just been terrible. He's swinging a lot of first pitches. He and, looks and, like he doesn't want to be there a lot of times when he comes to the plate. Yeah, that's what I said. He, he looks like he doesn't care. Mm-hmm. I use a different word on my uh, my end, uh, but uh, yeah, it, 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 his body language. And Jeff McNeil, he hit three twenty eight last year. Uh, last the, the, when I was at the game last time uh, a couple weeks ago, he, he, now he's 328 won the batting title last year. His batting average was in, was around 245. His on base percentage was around uh, 320, and his slugging percentage was 315. How is it possible for those three numbers to be worse than his batting average last year? Well, batting average, I understand, but but yeah, how is it how possible for his on base and slugging each to be worse than his batting average last year? I thought the new rules, the sh- the ban of the shift would end up helping McNeil. It seems like it's maybe hurt. Maybe yeah. Barnes over Chavez at hitting coach, the analytical approach. The Mets put a lot of money in analytics. The human element has been a thing of the past, and in some ways it looks like it's hurt. It just looks like a team doesn't know how to win. Yeah, and- yeah, yeah. It's, it's like when they had – who was uh, – I keep forgetting that guy's name. The, the hitting coach two years ago. Hugh Quattlebaum. How can we forget yeah, Hugh Quattlebaum? Yeah, yeah. Yeah, it's it's reached those levels. The offense was. was I mean, paramount. now why? Why I, I don't said Barnes was there last year. He was the assistant hitting coach last year. How did it change this drastically? And Eric Chavez is still there. He's the uh, the assistant manager or bench coach. Why is that? Why has it changed that badly? Sixty-four thousand dollar question. You, you mentioned you mentioned Buck. Is he here next year? He's got one year left. Be. What do you think? You think they fire him? No, he's got to go. He's got to go. Any replacements you have in mind? Depends what the situation, what your, what your situation is. I think, uh, I think if you're going to go with the young players and uh, go with a lot of Latin players, I think you roll the dice with uh, Klaus Beltran. I wouldn't be against that. You know, Beltran already in the organization. Uh, or you look at you look at somebody uh, a team that actually knows how to do analytics. Because every time the Mets try to do analytics, it's it's a disaster. Mm-hmm. I hate. I personally hate what analytics have done to baseball. Hate it. 
You can't be a slave to analytics. And the teams that handle analytics poorly end up becoming slaves to analytics. I agree. I'm not a big analytic guy. I think there's some good things about it, but putting everything into the analytics table, it's hurt the Mets. And I think it's a different approach that they tried and it's failed. And I hope next year they cut back on it. But unfortunately, there's more and more every year. There's new numbers, new stats, new, you know, brainiac numbers that I've never even heard of that come out. I mean, uh, I mean, how did he, how did the Rays do it so well and the Mets do it so bad? Who are, who am I hiring? Why aren't we hiring people from Tampa? Fortunately, they're hiring people from the Angels who never develop anyone. And that's the problem with Billy Epler. He's bringing a lot of his own yeah, guys. Yeah, and, and this is this is why Billy Epler needs to be fired. The Angels are a disaster. Yeah, they're sinking. And, 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 and uh, they know they got Shohei. They know uh, Mike Trout's supposed to be coming back soon. They ain't not in the playoffs. And yeah, they're unless, sinking ship right now, and, and unless, they have no they, pitching. Unless they figure out, find a way to convince Shohei to stay. That team is going to be a smoldering wreck. Their, their, their farm system is so bad, especially the trade. I mean, they took Dominic Leone for, uh, I forgot the guy's name, but there's so many players the Mets got. Jeremiah but, Jackson, I believe his name Yeah, is. Jeremiah Jackson is probably one of the better players the Mets got at the deadline. That was arguably the best trade just because it was for Leone. Oh, it's Dominic Leone! <laughs> Dominic Leone! I'm surprised they got a live body for Dominic Leone! Plays a little infield. I think he was playing in uh, double A. So play some infield, play some outfield. They're going to need a mix and match because of all the shorts. No, Dominic, the, the Dominic Leone, I, I mean, I wanted him DFA, not traded. I mean, I don't know how they did, did he get a live body? That was a favor from the Angels. I think that was a favor to Billy Epler right there for, for uh, all he the, did. For the Angels, yeah. And then they got Lucas Trigalito, a player who I think the match should definitely pursue this offseason. Yeah, that's the next step here, Frank. Again, Frank the Tank joining me on Amazing But True, Jake Brown Radio, NJ Tank 99. You know, you got to go out and get at least three or four starters in free agency unless you're trading a few of these prospects. I'm not confident they're going to get high-end starters. I think they're going to get a lot of guys on one-year deals. You know, number threes, number like fours, that. similar to Quintana. Like what, like what, do you, what do you see their approach being here when it comes to starting pitch? Because that's clearly their biggest weakness right now. Well, first off, you got to make that attempt to get Shohei. Second, you also got to try to get Yoshi. Senga, there's been an adjustment, but, you know, it looks like uh, I think Senga could be a good uh, piece next year. And then you go after some of these pitchers, free agents. Don't trade anybody. Unless there's like a, a pitcher that's, like, really becomes available and and, and someone that's going to, like, really change things, you don't you don't uh, trade anybody. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So, and there's a lot of people out there. Yolito, Nola, they're going to hit the open market. Yeah, Ryu, Wayne Wright, and Rodriguez is interesting. Urias is an interesting one that everyone's talking about. He's going to get a lot more money than he got this year. Rodriguez, if he opts out, is an interesting name. A lefty, have pair him with Quintana, a couple lefties in the rotation. Kyle Hendricks is another guy. He's got a club option. Um, and then you get your fringe yeah, yeah. guys, the Woods, gonna, the Haney's, the Grankies. There's going to be about 10 pitchers available this offseason. Mm-hmm. The match should uh, definitely consider getting. Snell. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's so the problem. You got to get somebody. Yeah, there's not many number ones. That's going to be the issue here is the Mets are going to get a lot of threes. And they don't need number and... one. Let's build a bunch of number twos, number threes. Besides what, number one is overrated these days. Ask yourself this. Is there, do the Braves really have a number one? Or do you have a bunch of number twos? Braves, same with the Orioles. Orioles don't have a true number one, and they're one of the best teams in baseball right now. So, 
that approach seems to be working. It seems like something that Epler and whoever's running the ship is going to try. And it, it all comes back to, do we trust and Epler? Why really did you keep Verlander? And uh, I know Diaz hurt last year. Getting hurt was bad. They got to just get better arms out of bullpen. I mean, how many trades did they make to make, yeah, 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 get from the Marlins? Get these like Jeff Brigham and John Curtis. Uh, who's this guy? Jacob, Jimmy Jacobonis. Found him on the scrap heap. Yep. The middle relief needs help, Frank, and it needs guys, and he needs Drew Smith shot into the sun. I mean, he, Drew Smith cannot be a part of this bullpen next year. Unfortunately, <laughs> I feel like he might be their sixth or seventh in a guy, but he needs to not be anywhere near this bullpen. And you got to build around. Adovino seems glad to come back, so I'm fine with him coming back. Rarely, it seems like he'll come back on that option. And then Diaz will be back. So those are your back three, but the middle relief has got to get fixed. Like you're right. Bring him through more innings than he did in his career this year. And he gets shut down. And then you had all these guys, you weren't ready. You had a bunch of guys you thought would be major league ready who were not. And now you well, got the likes of Josh Walker. I think a lot of that goes on. Uh, it's coach Jeremy Hefner. You know, I think back to 1999. When the Mets were really scuffling. June, he had an eight game losing streak. They'd actually fallen below 500, one game below 500. Now, the Mets had a bad May, a bad May. They had a six-week stretch after the uh, Scherzer sticky substance incident, and they went into June. They got that, they got swept by the Blue Jays at home, and then you had that disastrous series in Atlanta where the, the season died. That's the moment the season blew up. They went into that series at 500. They lost all three games blowing leads with – Good old boy Max Scherzer, right in the right in the thick of it, and the bullpen was a disaster in that game. They had lead in the seventh inning, uh, sixth or seventh inning. He signed three run leads. Buck Walker, at the end of that series, said he was proud of the team, and and, and so I think back to 1999. You remember that? You remember what happened? Mm-hmm. They lost the first two games at Yankee Stadium. They had a, just uh, a lethargic, dead. Horrible Saturday night, Saturday Saturday afternoon game. After that game, they fired three coaches: bullpen coach, pitching coach, hitting coach. But basically, it was like, and, and, and you got the sense that Bobby Johnson came out there on a razor's edge. They went on a run the next three weeks and played some of their best baseball in years. You had that, uh, you had the uh, mustache game involved in that. The Mets not only Turned it around. They battled the Braves the rest of the season. They and uh, they won high nineties games. They just brought in three new faces, three new voices. The bullpen and pitching and, and pitching was struggling at that point. Fire a coach. Get a new voice in there. See what's going on. See if that could change a little things. That was the moment that could have saved the season. As it went, June got worse and worse every day. And when June it was over, there were 10 games under 500. And Stevie Cohen was at a press conference where he literally said nothing. He said nothing at that press conference. But he said that, uh, that basically he said that if the players don't turn around, we're going to trade everyone, which ended up becoming true. But it, it seemed to do more harm than good. Yeah, worried about a fire sale. He said it wasn't a fire sale, it became a fire sale. Now... You know, the final step of the fire sale would be if they ended up trading Pete Alonzo. Frank, I'm I'm on keep keep Pete. Any interest in trading him if they get a good package back this offseason? I don't trust their packages. I don't trust their player development. No. No. Where are you gonna get where else are you gonna get forty home runs a year? Where else are you gonna get forty home runs a year? 
Where else are you going to get a guy that can come to the face of the franchise, set every offensive record? Pete Alonso needs to be the next David Wright. If you say Pete Alonso, you're in the 70s. We're, we're going to be watching Bruce Foster. We're going to be watching uh, Richie Hebner, uh, the Frank Tavares. Uh, who, who are he? Doug Flynn. Those, uh, those players. Uh, John Pacella. You know what John Pacella was known for? Hat would fall off when he was uh, pitching. I can't can't recall the seventies days, but I, I know some of those guys you mentioned. Obviously, Doug Flynn. So we can't have that happen. Next year cannot be a punt year. This was a tank episode. Next year cannot be a tank. The Mets have to get it right in free agency because they have a core in place. At least you have Sangin. Quintana's look great, so he's he'll now, be on board next year. If they if they can get something from Jeff McNeil, I do it. Really? Okay. I feel like he'll come around next year. That's just that's baseball sometimes with these guys. It's one great year, one bad year, one good year. But I guess you got to listen to offers, especially. And that's why I wanted to see more Mauricio because Mauricio, while he's not great defensively, he could play infield, outfield, DH. You can mix him around. Now we're only going to see maybe a month of him. I don't know if a month is enough time to slot him into the starting lineup next year. So that's, that's uh, the I, frustrating. I mean, why are we worrying about? Uh, I guess. The United is not that far away, but Mauricio should have called up in July. Yeah, early July, yep. And Mark Vientos, trash. He might I mean, be a trade chip. He's thing, looked terrible. Did I get rid of uh, Pilonzo? A generation now when uh, they talk about uh, tanking Mets, we'll be using the name uh, Mark Vientos. And I'll say another player that needs to be shut down, or at least a mental break, Brett Beatty. He looks lost out there, both field and at the plate. It's it's yeah. ugly with Beatty right now. Oh, what maybe is it? Oh, 49. Maybe he's sitting back down to Syracuse for a week, two weeks. Oh, 49 his last seven games, 125 his last 10, 161 in his last 30. I mean, and the fielding and just dropped balls, thrown, throwing balls away. I don't know what to do with him because I, I feel like that could stun his development more by sending him down, but. And they also don't have really any of their options. I mean, you're already starting Danny Mendick some days. Like God, he is. There's a guy. There's a guy. There's another guy that you'll be men talking about for generations how bad they are. But you just know. And Rafael Ortega, why wasn't Luke Voigt called up? Yeah, 14 why? homers in 37 games. He was hitting a homer almost every other day, and now he's gone. And Vogelback is still here. I just do not get it. What did I just do? Does Daniel Vogelback? Have uh, pictures or something of co- compromising pictures of people? He must. I don't know why he's still here. And in the games that don't matter, why is Volgobeck still a part of this team? It just well, is bizarre well, to me. Well, uh, early in the year, he was just standing and watching every pitch go by. Yeah. Now we're watching him swing. His swing literally looks like a pit, pit like, like, like a pinball flipper. You know, I'm, I'm right handed and they, 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 they say that the left-handers have the most majestic, beautiful swing. His swing looks like a pinball flipper. It's a good nickname, the pinball flipper. We'll close on this, Frank. What's a positive Mets moment that we can recall? Let's let's because this is a lot of negativity the last two months. Besides '86, after that, what team did you just love watching before your videos, before you were on Twitter? What was that team? Was it 2000 or 2006? What was your favorite Mets team? 2006. I think that that was the most unlucky moment the Mets had. Cliff Floyd was hurt in the postseason. Had a good series against Dodgers, but then 
those aches and pains that just like robbed his career took over. Uh, I think if Pedro doesn't blow out his arm, they win 100 games and are unstoppable in the postseason. Uh, El Duque, who was a good addition, hurting his uh, hamstring on the warning track, jogging for the uh, the uh, the NLCS. Then you've got the uh, uh, Duanar Sanchez injured in a, in a taxi cab, so you make that, that trade to get uh, Oliver Perez and give up Xavier Nady, and then you bring in Sean Green. Uh, Sean Green was by then really bad. And Xavier Nady, you just had on a career year, kind of having a heater. And you lose game seven the way you did. After the ending Chavez catch, they needed to score that next inning. They had bases loaded, if I can remember. And I think, uh, who was it? Uh, Valentin. Valentin choked. You uh, you take the lead there, you win the game. There is no Yadier Molina. Yeah, that was the year. That, that team should have won the World Series. Uh, even in the positive, there's pain. A 15-year-old Jake, that would have made my childhood complete, a Mets World Championship. But now we wait more than the three- to five-year window that Stevie said to us, and assuming they don't win next year, it might be closer to the six- to eight window if we're lucky at this point and these prospects do pan out. Uh, I don't trust the Mets with prospects. I don't. Unless something drastically changes in the organization, I don't trust their prospects. The prospects. Well, those are the highlights you'll be watching. That's what SNY's tweeting. It's all prospects and, and no Ortegas. Frank the Tank, follow him on Twitter, at NJTank99. Get him on Cameo, the Frank the Tank podcast, Barstool Sports. Frank, good catch up with you. And, uh, you know, try not to just take take some nights off. Don't watch every game. Relax and avoid the inevitable losses. Thanks for coming on the show. All right. See you around. It's mind-boggling. Now's the time to save 30% on wedding jewelry, only on BlueNile.com. Make sure your wedding ring is the one with your pick of diamond and lab-grown diamond bands, all hand-finished and graded for excellence. Or surprise her with something blue she'll love for life, like a stunning pair of sapphire earrings. Blue Nile's jewelry experts are available 24-7 to help, from fit questions to style advice. Right now, get up to 30% off at BlueNile.com. BlueNile.com. With threats to our nation waiting around every corner, adaptability is more important than ever. When conditions change without notice, quick strategic thinking is crucial. And with obstacles consistently impending, determination is essential in overcoming them. It's this willingness, decisiveness, and resilience that sets Marines apart. With our fighting spirit, we don't just fight battles. We win them. Marines are the constant our nation counts on to fight the unknown. And through adaptable problem solving, we do just that. Learn more at marines.com. All right. Thanks to Frank the Tech for coming on. A lot of long pauses in there. If you watched on video, some room for dramatics in there. So thanks to Frank for joining the Tank episode, episode 169 of Amazing But True. Our New York Mets podcast from the New York Post. Thanks to Andrew Hartz and Nick Guzman for helping me in producing the show. Nick Guzman, final week. Man, these internships go quick. I mean, it's already over. Nick, have you enjoyed the ride as Amazing But True slash New York Post Sports podcast intern? It's been my first internship and also my best one, so I don't know what that says, but I really enjoyed my time working with you guys. Yeah, I mean, you can't get better than talking about this crappy Mets team. It's been more relaxing not seeing all the game going to summer club having some fun you know enjoying life and just knowing that they're gonna lose so listen until mauricio's here you're gonna see a lot of this same trash product 
bad at bats, lazy at bats, a team checked out. Would love to see what the kid provides because you got you to gotta figure out, is Mauricio going to be a regular player on next year's Mets? And I get the service time. I get waiting it for it. But, geez, get him up here that when he's ready, the 20th of the service time, whatever, at the latest September 1st. But you got to get a good six weeks or a month out of him. See what you got. Subscribe to Amazing Mature Not Podcast, Spotify, Google, Amazon, wherever you get podcasts. Subscribe to the New York Post Sports YouTube page. Find that Amazing Mature playlist. Watch us there. Follow me on Twitter at Jake Brown Radio. Follow the show at Amazing But True. Congrats to my brother, Robert and his wife, Emily, on their first child, Oliver Ray Brown. The kid sounds like a star. Seven pounds, 10 ounces. So I'm going to have to grow up now because I'm now an uncle. I have a child in the wings, as close to a child as I'll have, I'll say, in the uh, three to five year window, six to eight year window that Steve Cohen said. That'll probably be my child window. will be six to eight. So Funkle Jake is here. I unfortunately am not going to be able to raise him a Mets fan because my brother is going to raise him a Yankee fan. So the crazy part about it is, and I don't celebrate half birthdays and really ever pay attention to it, but his birthday will fall on my half birthday. He is Mr. 805, August 5th, and I'm Mr. 205, February 5th. So it'll be cool to be halfway through mine and celebrate it with my nephew, although he is in North Carolina, so I will not get to see him often, but looking forward, hopefully in the next few weeks, to fly down there and see my little nephew. I'm glad he is in good hands. Congrats to them. So that was an eventful weekend in the family, and um, we're looking forward to that. Now, we will be back likely on Thursday morning after this Mets Cub series. We're hoping to pre-record some interviews, get those out. Ed Cranepool should be on at some point, and then we'll, we'll get some others. And Figgy will be back next Monday for an episode. So thanks, everybody, for sticking with us and tuning in. So we will close it out. Like, can I do I even say let's go, Mets? Let's just let's just close it with, with what we said last week. Three, two, one. SOS. He f***ed up. He f***ed up that f***ing locker room.